period in history that involves monumental change has always begun with one person taking a stand. When government is tyrannical, the people of God have a duty to not follow and not comply. And I just need to know who is willing to stand. It has to be who you are. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain alienable rights. We have a power! And we've raised a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested. Sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we back down? At the Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots, JC in the house, taking over. Uh, it's a coup, so I have... I have the controls and I'm not turning them loose for the next hour or so. Appreciate you being here. Um, let me know if the sound is good. You guys can hear me. Make sure all the technical, technical stuff is rocking and we'll hang out a little bit. We will hang out tonight. It's Friday night. Let's hang out. What are you guys doing? Somebody, uh, let us let us know in the chat room what are you guys doing to, on this Friday night? Um, Cause it's Friday night. It's Friday night. You guys remember the day? I, it, I mean, can anybody remember the days when you just relaxed? 
Anybody remember that? I'm like trying to think back to days. Just chill. Just chill. Going shooting. Chris Ann is going shooting. Man, I wanted to, I wanted to shoot my firearm today. I did want to shoot today. JC's going. I mean, uh, Chris Ann's going shooting. JC is is here. Chris Ann is in um, Texas. She was in Dallas. Taught some taught some sheriffs and deputies and some Texas Patriots, some Texans. Texans trying to hold down Texas. And so she is she is over there in Texas. I am in uh, I'm in Florida. I'm back home and just chilling. Would like to be shooting. Girl in a gun. Chrisanne is shooting with girl in a gun in Texas. Girl in a gun group. Janet. Janet has been the lead of a, a girl in a gun group in Texas. Janet is uh, what's Chrisanne's. Um, scheduler and all around nerve center of the operation. And uh, she's down there, I guess maybe Janet's along, but they're, they are going to shoot. Fantastic. Somebody is studying for their paralegal test. Uh, Our Contreras studying for your first paralegal test, man. That is, that is really awesome. Really awesome. So, we got to get in. Um, we got to get in this. We got to infiltrate. You know, one of the one of the strategies in is uh, infiltrate. So it's a good way to do it. Get in the legal system. Paralegal is a good way to start. Go to law school for those people who want to do that. And um, infiltrate infiltrate the system. Run for office. Learn strategies and tactics. So anyway, what 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 are you guys what are you guys doing? What's somebody doing on Friday night other than watching JC? So after you, okay, Joe Block's going to the club, out to a club later. Uh, some serving of the bread of life. All right. Okay. Fantastic. So you're going to the club and going to gonna give them the gospel, going to give them the truth. What I do every day, blasting truth on social networks and declaring war against the NWA, Beverly says. All right. That's cool. Cool, cool. Working on my, oh, check, Gearhead Ted. Working on my 74 Pinto wagon. Man, you got to send me pics of that. If Gearhead Ted, are you on some of these social media platforms? Track me down. Send me pictures of that 74 Pinto wagon. That sounds awesome, man. Uh, I was just working on my 07 Toyota Tacoma. When you have, Americans love their vehicles, man. And when you, you have, uh, you know, when you have a vehicle that you love, it's like you're always doing some little thing to it, you know, so, you know, just tweaking and whatever. I love that. Absolutely love that. I tried to get a uh, project project truck truck had a 95 Toyota T100 that I wanted to work on and just man just could not find the time to do that. And so had to get rid of it. But um, <laughs> right on, Stephen Vacanti. I'm with you. Cleaning the chicken coop, Ruth says. All right. I remember those days. We don't have our chickens anymore down here in Tampa. We had the chicken coop we had to clean in North Florida. Um, <laughs> nice, Nate. Same thing I do every night, Pinky. Trying to take over the world. 
All right. Very cool. Very cool. Yes. Not a rice burner. 74 Pinto wagon. Have a lifted 04 Silverado. Uh, yes, I see that. I used to have a, I had a Silverado. I forget what year it was. Those are awesome. Very cool. Very cool. So fighting a good fight. I'm just, uh, I'm just kicking back here. What we got here working on an affidavit in our group to force nullification vote on the 1950 Johnson Act to free the churches in what is MI, Minnesota, Michigan? That's Michigan, right? From the IRS. Awesome. Devil dog. Uh, bought it in an abandoned house, redoing it, homesteading. All right. Cool. Cool. Need something more inspirational than a 95 Toyota. Yeah, that's that's very true. Very true. But I'm, I'm a practical guy. I really had this idea of taking my 95 T100 and you know, like bulletproofing it, putting a mount where I could throw a 50 cal up on, you know, I'm a practical guy. So I like that kind of stuff, but I, but I like the muscle. I like the muscle cars and definitely something more inspiring. I get what you're saying for sure. All right. Amen. Appreciate you being here. Paramedic John Hughes working. Okay. Hey, uh, have you seen, I played, I played a couple of clips of the um, non-compliant movie. Has everyone seen that? Have you seen the non-compliant movie? I, I assume if you're in this chat room, uh, you've seen non-compliant, but if not, you can go to noncompliantmovie.com and check that out. You can watch it for free. No charge. Noncompliantmovie.com. It does not cost you a dime to watch non-compliant absolutely free and you can share it uh you can you can play it uh for your group if you have a group we've gone to several screenings that have been in theaters or in groups um and man it's a great time it's really it's really i don't know every time we uh Every time we watched it with a group, it's just it, it's like different. It was really inspiring. Like I'm sitting there and man, I'm fired up, tearing up. Just I mean, just good. So really awesome um, getting together with a group. So appreciate all the groups that are showing the movie and um, doing the screenings. And you can do that for free. So just just show it. Just show the movie uh, free. It doesn't cost you. Now, if you need some like, you know. Uh, 4K or whatever, 6K or whatever it is, um, then let me know. I can I can send you the thing on the jump drive, or if you can't screen or whatever, I can send you the file. So very cool. Now you you might see a donate. I know there's some donate thing on the site somewhere. I don't. I'm not sure how it pops up or where it's at. Uh, somebody was triggered by that the other day. Um, uh, donate. So the word. The word donate, uh, what that means for those who are not familiar with that, donate is when you voluntarily offer a, you know, offer some of your own resources. In this case, money or digital fiat, at least you, you voluntarily offer up some money in, in this case, really kind of to both reimburse 
all those folks who essentially contributed their time for free for this endeavor. And then so that we can do a, we can do a follow up movie. So that's what donates about. So you're not we're not the federal government. Uh, we don't we can't. Yeah. Triggered. They were offended by donate. No joke. Triggered. Um, so we can't reach into your bank account like like the unconstitutional uh, actions of the unconstitutional IRS and just take your money. We wouldn't do that. I might do that to George Soros, but in general, we wouldn't do that. And um, so it's not forced. You don't have to pay anything. So you could donate. You could actually not donate at all and watch the movie. It's really just that easy. Just that easy. And so that's all I have to say about that. I don't know. Um, I don't know how much more um, straightforward that is. Donate means you can keep walking. Like, like you, you know, you go to Walmart and the dude's ringing the bell with the bucket. Sir, would you like to donate? No, I'm good. Thanks. Keep walking. That's how donate works. And then if you want to, then you drop something in the bucket. I don't drop stuff in those buckets. I like to I like to be in control of blessing people, you know, in that kind of thing. Um, I don't trust a lot of charities, just to be honest with you, because we we worked, um, you know, we worked in the charitable arena. I mean, we, you know, we've been in ministry and that sort of thing. And so I don't, I don't trust a lot of charities. We worked in Haiti for a while. We got to see the firsthand, uh, firsthand con game and misappropriation of funds by the Red Cross and lots of other, uh, other people down there. When we were, when we worked in Haiti, you know, and we, we brought humanitarian aid to the South coast of Haiti directly to villages uh, we worked with national, you know, nationals there, people there directly. So we knew their needs. We knew the community and we bypassed all the shakedown, most of the shakedown, let's say, from government officials and gangsters. And but I saw I saw a lot of workers down there that they, they would folk they focus on. You know, they'll take pictures of the worst stuff they can find, you know, starving children, flies on their face, you know, that sort of thing and show you all the worst everything and beg you for money. And then they're, you know, it's not getting to the people or it's not being used appropriately. We, we saw a lot of that uh, I literally met or. Well, I know somebody um, who was acquainted with a missionary who is was not even in country and he's basically sending out requests you know, spinning this tale about him being there and experiencing all this. He's not even there. He's just living off other people's money somewhere, not even doing the job. So I don't, I don't generally, I don't donate, you know, just kind of sight unseen to big organizations like that. People I don't know. In fact, that's how I got involved in, that's how we got involved in a, uh, in a Haitian, in the Haitian memory, memory what in the Haitian ministry in the first place because you know we had we met the guy that was head of the ministry and I I said hey man I want to go down with you because I wanted to see I wanted to go down and see actually what they were doing 
and you know what the impact was, whatever. For I'm going to come back to my church and say, hey, let's support this guy. You know, so I wanted to know is this legit? So that's how I am. I, I want to verify this stuff and see what you're doing. So we went down there and you know got to got to see it, got uh, familiar, connected, made a lot of friends, and then I just felt you know, and then I felt drawn to uh, to help them and, and, and be involved. And so that's that's actually how that came about, really, from me trying to find out what's what. So you know. That's the thing. So I never do. I, 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 as a general rule, right. I make, make an exception. I find out what's going on, but as a general rule, I do not donate to these big international, you know, big ministries because of that. And, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of wasting, wasting your money in a lot of cases. So you really, really should do your due diligence and, um, you know, don't, don't give to anybody you don't trust. So that's the way that is. Uh, somebody says there's a troll. I don't. I don't know. I don't see the troll, but that's okay. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to not get too drawn into the trolls in a chat room, as you guys know. Yeah, Salvation Army. I don't. I don't give Salvation Army. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get. I try not to get drawn in to the chat room as much anymore with the trolls. Um, so I'm trying to control myself. You guys know, uh, you guys know how I kind of, I can lose it sometime, but, um, Hey, JC. Okay. Kept asking him question. Didn't know if he blocked me, Lisa. I see you, Lisa. I, I didn't block Lisa. I don't know what's going on there. Um, I know you're, I know you're with us, Lisa. So I don't know what that is. I didn't block you. I see your, I, I see a few comments, but sometimes the stuff goes so fast. I don't see everybody's question. I try to scroll back through and uh, try to catch your, catch any questions that I feel are appropriate to answer at the moment. But I also have, yeah, we were, we, so we were on the South coast of Haiti and um, yeah, we spent some time in Port-au-Prince, in the Port-au-Prince area. Port-au-Prince is, since you ask, uh, Port-au-Prince is kind of hell on earth. I mean, Port-au-Prince is, it's actually the, the nastiest place I've ever been to. Port-au-Prince is, is one of the roughest, nastiest places I've ever been in my life. Uh, and I've, I've been all over the world, uh, a lot of places. So Port-au-Prince is br- really rough. Uh, however, um, Haiti, outside of Port-au-Prince, Haiti is an incredibly beautiful country. Very beautiful country. Yeah, 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 Port-au-Prince. Now, I I mean, I wouldn't characterize all of Haiti. To say Haiti is a shite hole is not true. Um, So that may have been an over... I don't remember how the former president said said it exactly. Um, But, you know, he... If that's what... If he said Haiti... Haiti is a shy hole as, as a, as a whole country, he was probably drawing his impression from Port-au-Prince, which would be very reasonable conclusion. Uh, if you thought the entire country is like Port-au-Prince. So there's definitely nothing unreasonable, uh, about him saying that certainly offensive to Haitians is overgeneralization, but if you don't know what you don't know. Um, but, that's what the news shows. That's what a lot of missionaries focus on all of that. 
But the rest of Haiti is incredibly gorgeous, beautiful country. Um, you know, I mean, even it's it's like Port-au-Prince, like D.C. A lot of the people outside of Port-au-Prince hate Port-au-Prince. Um, so Port-au-Prince is not a good representation of the country as a whole. Um, I, I would not want someone to have the impression of America based on simply Washington, D.C. or simply Portland, Oregon or something like that. Uh, so good question. Yeah. The um, so, yeah, Port-au-Prince is gorgeous. I remember we went uh, we went to Aruba one time just just to take a break for vacation. And I was actually weeping because I saw Aruba and, and Aruba compared to Port-au-Prince was a dump. Like I thought Aruba was a dump compared not Port-au-Prince. I mean, compared to Haiti, compared to Haiti. Uh, I mean, not that Aruba was a dump, but I'm saying everybody's going this. I'm looking at it going, everybody's all the tourists are going to Aruba and it's just this sand lot with nothing. I mean, the water was beautiful for diving and whatnot, but it, it was, I was completely unimpressed with Aruba and the beauty of Haiti was so, so far and away beyond what, what I saw in Aruba that I felt I, I my heart broke for Haiti. I thought, Man, if your government wasn't such a disaster and you didn't and, and you guys didn't keep the uh, slave mentality and the ridiculous parts of the culture that they sustain, if Haiti could get its act together, it could be a place like Aruba. It could be the tourist Mecca in the Caribbean. But, you know, people don't want to go there because of the disaster of their government and, the you know, dangerous and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so very sad, but, but Haiti is very beautiful. The mountains, um, the tropical landscape. I mean, it, I don't know if you know this, it snows. There's a place in Haiti where it snows because of the elevation of the mountains. There's a particular uh, pine forest and that, that it snows in. It's amazing. So yeah, Haiti's beautiful. Haiti's beautiful. Port-au-Prince, not so much. So anyway, uh, I don't and I think everybody else is like wrestling in the chat room. I don't even know. The thing about the uh, who is Leo? Leo's the troll. Where's Leo? Is Leo? You know, I've mistaken. Here's the thing. I've mistaken people in the chat room for trolls. You have to be careful in the chat room because uh, you can misunderstand what people write. Right. That's that's one of the problems with social media and just digital communications like that. Um, you you miss there. There's so much room for misunderstanding. It kind of reminds me of the mask thing. You know, these kids are having you hear reports of kids having a hard time learning in school because they can't see the faces of people. And so it's similar to. uh you know, social media and chat rooms, a lot of times you can really, you can misunderstand people in the chat room and which I've done on occasion, but you know, we're all human. So I don't know. I didn't see Leo looks like Leo left. Somebody says Leo's a troll. I don't know. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, whatever. <sighs> Flying rich. Yeah, rich man. I'll go on your show. Absolutely. Anytime, bro. Just uh, 
you just let me know. Rich is a heck of a shooter himself. All right. Anyway, that's enough of my rambling. This is my um, my rambling. What what is Michael Savage calls it? I forget what he calls it, but he does that all the time. Just go on some random train of thought. I have a heart for Haiti uh, because of our service there, and 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 honestly, this is the thing. A lot of what a lot of the problems in Haiti, there are a lot of elements. So there's not one thing that causes all the uh, all of the problems in Haiti. However, American foreign policy has contributed greatly to the problems. America's interference in Haiti has contributed greatly to the problems in Haiti. Um, of, you know, same thing we do, same thing our American foreign policy does all around the world, overthrowing governments. And, you know, which if you, if you, if you know about this stuff, you know the CFR and these globalist manipulators like to destabilize countries because it helps them, you know, create their revenue stream and uh, control foreign policy direction. So they do this all over the world. So they've done the same thing in Haiti of taking down uh, their leaders and putting puppet leaders in, uh, screwing around with their economy, destabilizing the country. So uh, what's going in Haiti? America has a lot of blame for the problems in Haiti. Now, there are cultural issues. There are socio-historical issues that the Haitian people have carried forward. There's no question about that. Um, but America has played its its role, which we do all over all over the world. And what happens in the foreign policy arena? And you can you can see that in many many places. You can see this in many places in the history of our involvement. You will see uh, legitimately. The leader is legitimately not not a good guy, right? So the leader may not be a good guy by really any anybody's evaluation. Um, but what happens a lot of times is so America and America uses that as, as an excuse. Oh, this this guy's a bad guy. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's you know they don't have democracy. Blah blah blah. All, all the usual mantra and. Oh, okay. He, okay. That guy's a bad guy. Yeah. We, we should do something. We should help. We should fix that. Uh, whatever. Right. Okay. So, so the guy's not a great guy, but then what happens, the manipulators CFR and these globalists use this as an excuse, excuse They go in there and you overthrow that guy, you destabilize the entire country. And then what you end up with is something worse than what you had with the so-called strongman or the so-called dictator, so-called bad guy. And that's, that's been a problem. They know this. And then what's, you know, the result of that. Now we have a reason to go in there with some sustained operation. They destroy uh, local agriculture and replace it with these corporate GMO genetically engineered crops this has happened in, in Haiti. This is why Haiti said no Monsanto here, because many of them know the game. Many of them are hip to what uh, America does with the CIA and the CFR and all these things and, and, and the uh, uh, USAID, the United Nations. 
many of them, they understand this because they've been subjected to it for so long. And Haiti is, uh, Haiti is structured in such a way that when you're down there and this stuff is happening, it, it, it becomes very obvious. Uh, you can really see, you can really see what they're, what they're doing. And so this is how this happens so much. This is how we uh, destabilize uh, countries and the American people buy into it because they can point to a bad guy, quote unquote. And the American people are like, yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, because the American people are inherently good people. We don't want to see anybody suffer. We don't want to see bad things happen. And so these folks manipulate the American people, they leverage the goodness of the American people for their own agenda. And so what happens in this destabilization where they've moved out indigenous agriculture, they've moved out the indigenous economy, and then all the defense contractors and the global corporations and, and you know, all of these companies come in and now they have a new, new revenue stream. It's incredible that they talk about Haiti as being the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, but yet they all have some sort of financial plan for Haiti. They all have a way to make billions of dollars out of Haiti. Uh, they did this. They did this in the earthquake. So they seized upon that, and these vultures descended upon Haiti in the earthquake. Trillions of dollars were funneled into Haiti, and really helped Haiti in practically no way whatsoever. None of that money can be found uh, really in Haiti. And you can, and this is just, you can replace Haiti with any other country, right? Any other country we've done this in, right? Just replace the name, replace the country. You can't find that money. Where did it go? Well, look to the Clinton foundation, look to all the Clinton cronies and all the corporatists who've made billions of dollars out of Haiti because of all the donations that came into Haiti and then was funneled out of Haiti into the globalist bank accounts uh, and they'll pay off some, you know, corrupt. I mean, there's plenty of corrupt politicians to pay off in Haiti. I mean, and you, when you make nothing, right, they think they're living high on the hog with these kickbacks so they can buy off the politicians very cheap in Haiti. You can buy off a politician to get that politician to assassinate his own president in Haiti. Uh, so that's what they do. It's cheap. It's cheap. Uh, for uh, for them to, to do this because you go to impoverished countries with such a low standard of living and you just buy every corrupt person you can find, you just buy them off. They're all in survival mode. So what do they care? And um, the Clintons have been at the heart of this, but you know, you have to go back and study. I mean, it, it, get the killing of uncle Sam, get the book, the killing of uncle Sam. I mean, you look all the way back to uh, really the Royal family, the central banks, the Rothschild, the Rothschild families in funding, all they underwrite all of this. The Rothschild family, banking family, underwrite these these folks, all the way back to you know C Cecil Rhodes, uh, his Society of the Elect, the Pilgrim Society that transferred to America. They pretty much um, took control of uh, Rockefeller, uh, Carnegie, Vanderbilt. All, all, all of those folks. I mean, you had a guy like Rockefeller who was really an enterprising kind of entrepreneurial mind, enterprising, as well as having really no moral center, no true moral center. Now, he, he had the facade of religion, uh, but no real moral compass. And so they use people like that. 
you know, this guy makes billions. So now we can use these billions and they get them convinced of this sort of globalist, utopianist uh, nonsense. Their, their, their notion of, you know, they are the neo sapiens. They should rule the world. They know better than everybody else. This is confirmed to them because of the success they've had, because of the money they make. And so that all confirms to them that we know better than everybody else. And you have a lot of these modern guys, same way, Bezos, um, uh, the guy that's over the, the staffing thing, the name flies out of my brain. But it's all these global corporatists. And this, the thing that we call, you know, that we call Marxism, really what's in operation is more Leninism than Marxism. But these global corporatists, the global elites, I mean, Marxism is really about consolidating the revenue stream. So it goes simply in the hands of, of, of the elites and the people on the street, the useful idiots, the Democrat voters, they think Marxism is, you know, is basically they get free money. It's not about that. It's just like in Haiti. It's so cheap to buy people off. That's what's happening in America. The global corporatists buy these people off with the promise of socialism. Here's your, here's your little trinket. Here's your trinket check. They buy them off. So now you've got the loyalty for the vote. They're going to support them. And the people on the ground never figure out. And it's, it's all that hate the rich, right? Redistribution of wealth, blah, 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 blah. And so the people on the ground never figure out that actually Marxism is run. This Marxist Leninist scheme is run by rich people. Run by rich people. Now, the big global corporations set, they control the government. They control the American government and the American tax system. So they get the useful idiots on the street to hate the rich. Who ends up being the rich? The rich that they end up hate, the, the so-called rich that suffers the brunt of it is actually small business. So the, the true rich, the elites, the global corporatists, craft the tax system and the American government policy to target small business because small business, your basic mom and pop, everyday entrepreneur is competition to the global corporatists like Jeff Bezos. So that's why they, it seems, it, it's counterintuitive to people. It sounds like a contradiction for people like Bezos and Zuckerberg and all of these guys to transmit either explicitly or implicitly the hate the rich message, right? Because you think, oh, well, they're the rich. Why would they be saying that? They know they're insulated. And the actual rich that they're talking about is the middle class, the mid-tier rich in the eyes of the useful idiots. And so because they're able to control the tax system and American domestic policy, the actual rich, I mean, the true 1%, the true elitist, the global corporatist can actually use the hate the rich message to target their competition. Meanwhile, the revenue stream is completely being consolidated into their hands and they're getting richer. This is what this is what's this is what's telling. Right. Because here's the thing. This ought to be a clue to people, but they don't see it. I don't get it. The 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 brainwashing is powerful. But think about this. There's no question 
that the socialist structure has expanded. Correct? Everybody would agree with that. Amen me if you agree with that. The, the, the entitlement programs have expanded. The socialist structure has expanded. The so-called free money structure has expanded. The take from the rich, blah, blah, blah. Yet at the same time, the ones at the very top have only increased their wealth. Their wealth has expanded. They, they're richer and richer. They're richer now than they've ever been. So socialism is not about targeting those guys. Those people, the global elitist, are, are absolutely shielded from the consequences. They're the ones in control of the policies. And so really the hate, the rich targeting is actually against small business, small to moderate sized businesses trying to climb the ladder to get to, you know, get to that bigger level because the global corporatists are trying to hold them down. So they don't have all the competition. Now, if they can't hold them down in the competition, then they buy them out. They just they just co-op them. This is what Google does. Google is unbelievable. At, they just go around and buy stuff up. I mean, you've had corporations buy stuff up and then shelf it so it's not competition. So and people don't get this. The economic illiteracy is, is massive in this country. Uh so you, 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 have, you have to come to grasp. You, you have to get this. You have to get this. When they say hate the rich, it's not about the big global corporatists. And that's who they always point to. Oh, well, look at this guy. He's trillions and he's buying yachts and this and that. No, the hate the rich program, the socialist Leninist scheme is to target people like us, people like you and me, people who want to start their own business who, you know, because here's what, here's what you'll find out. Those of you Motor oil. Is this motor oil? Is that motor oil? Union news page. Too much Facebook censure. Is that motor? Is that my friend motor oil? Wow. Give, give me a thumbs up if that's you, bro. So, but those of you who have, you know, try to start your own business or, you know, entrepreneur or whatever. I mean, it could be small, something small. Or you're just, you're not working for somebody else who just simply cuts you a paycheck. Awesome, bro. Motorola. God bless you, man. It is so good to see you there. But if, if you if you've been in the small business, right, you know how this works. Like you've seen it firsthand. And it, and, and here's the thing. If you're one of those, if you're one of the, the, the regular people just living paycheck to, who've never been in this realm, you don't get it. And that's who they prey upon because they don't understand. They they have no concept. So when you say, you know, think about a small business and make let's say you're making, you know, small business, you're starting out, you're just, you're just doing, you know, you're doing your thing, you got your niche. And, uh, you know, let's say you make, you, you're, you're grossing 200,000, right? So the average Democrat voter and economic illiterate that they prey upon, they're going to say, oh, rich guy, that's a rich guy. To them, that's rich, right? Oh, you're making 200 grand, man, you're rich. Because they've never been in that realm. They don't understand it because what you find out and those of you know how the global corporatists craft the tax policy to target the small business. You you bringing in grossing 200 grand, you could be spending 50 to 75 percent of that just to run your business and then add whatever the IRS is going to come and take behind that. You can be a 200 to 300 thousand dollar gross small business owner and end up making less than just the average guy 
who's clocking in uh, at some place like Taco Bell and just letting someone cut him a check. But those guys in that position, they don't understand that. They don't know that. And so they look at every business owner as the rich. And this is what the global global corporatists want them to think. Now, they look at these big guys as the rich as well, but those guys know that they can't be touched, but they know it's going to be their competition that goes out of business, going to be their competition that suffers. So this is this is the thing. And so small business is the one that gets sucked dry like a freaking vampire victim. And that's who suffers the brunt of this. And their propaganda makes it difficult to to talk about it because you sound like, oh, you're defending Zuckerberg and, you know, these guys on their yachts and whatever. So that's how they've crafted this uh, to where it's such a trap, such a trap uh, to take out, you know, basically to keep the reg- the average guy who they they look they look down on as a lesser human being. You're not a neo sapien. You're you're the mongrel service class, and they want to make sure you stay where you are, and you can't you can't climb and challenge their uh, hegemony. I'll, I'll use a term that the liberals like. You can't challenge their hegemony. You can't challenge their complete domination of the economic realm and economic policy. So that that's what's going on. That's who's the target of this. And so anytime you hear, you know, you hear this stuff about the rich, it's not about the bazillionaires. It's about the mom and pop small business. You know, maybe you're making a couple hundred thousand. And, you know, a lot of times the mom and pop business, uh, you know, like it's you and your wife and whatever you end up with, you're splitting that. Whereas a regular average person, husband's going to work, wife's going to work. They're both getting a check from the employer. The employer's paying all the taxes, whatever. They just get what they have come home. You cash that, boom. And so many times uh, people like that are in better situation. You know, they're in a better position than a small business owner. And you, you work your tail off and stress yourself out fighting to build your business and, you know, build something for the future, build a legacy, improve people's lives. By the way, poor people don't hire folks. How many out there have ever worked for a poor person? Right, this is, that's the craziness of the hate the rich nonsense. So, you know, you make your small business, you're, you're hiring people, you're paying contractors, stuff like that. Economic illiteracy is one of the, major threats to this republic. One of the major contributing factors to the to the demise of America, economic illiteracy. And obviously that ties into the public education system. And I'm not going to go on into a rant about the public education system. I do that often enough. All right. So there you go. There's a little economic education. This is what this is JC sitting by the fire. Uncle JC you know, talking to you about the economy. The first, is this, is this, is this that guy again in that day? I said, I was not going to mess with trolls, but this is, this is like, this is that guy again. 
First Amendment is not a God is not God given. Sorry, it's really not. It has nothing to do with freedom of speech. It merely says Congress will not shall make no law that bridges speech. Yeah, this is this has got to be that guy. I I'm convinced this is no nothing again in that day H. I think is no nothing once again because it's similar ignorant comments. Very uneducated comments. So First Amendment has nothing to do with God given. Sorry, it's really not. It has nothing to do with freedom of speech. It merely says Congress will shall make no law that bridges speech. And of course, that's what it says. Let me I'll I'll share the comment here so you can see it on the screen. Uh, so this is a person who doesn't know the background and the context that produced the First Amendment. This is what's amazing. So this is this is part of what you find in public schools and people that are victims of public education, this sort of thing. So they don't teach the historical context of the development of our founding documents. Like Chris Ann has a specific class about the history of the development of the first amendment. What does that mean? The conversations. So the actual authors of the first amendment in the bill of rights, the, the guys who wrote it had conversations and debates about it. And in their debates, they talked about the basis of why they were putting this amendment in being contrary to the poor, uneducated sap in the chat room, being that it is a God-given right and absolutely has to do with freedom to speak, freedom to publish, freedom of conscience, freedom of worship. So it has to do with all of that. So really, and I don't know if the guy's a liberal, like know nothing said he was like a moderate, I don't know, left of center or whatever uh, claims that, but whatever. And that's another trap, the left, right nonsense. So what you're dealing with a, a person who believes they're educated, believes they're informed because they fill their head full of all the stuff that they're given in the educational system. So, and they, and they get some, uh, some piece of paper that says we filled your head with a bunch of stuff. So you're a smart guy and you know stuff and you come out completely uninformed, ignorant, and stupid. Because it doesn't, it's not very difficult to actually go research about the historical development of the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights and what the conversations were surrounding that, that the people who wrote it had. And, and so it doesn't take long. So not only these people are ill-informed, they're also arrogant and lazy. So when you, you already think you know something, right? You, I already have the answer and I have the knowledge. And then they come and they just start, they start spouting their stuff and pontificating. And, and reveal to everyone, because most people in this chat room are very, very informed, very well informed uh, and, and have studied these things. And so you sound like you sound like a total doofus to everybody around you, which is why the chat room kind of pounces. And but it but it comes very the, the arrogance comes through. Like, I don't even think people like that. They don't think they're arrogant. They just think they're sharing something that they know that you don't. And it's not obvious to them like it's obvious to us, right? Because you don't know what you don't know, right? So you have that blind spot. So it's not obvious to them. So I'm not necessarily assigning ill intent to all of these folks. But it's obvious to us they just don't know. And they'll start saying stuff. So it is, it's kind of an arrogance. Arrogance in the sense of you're convinced that you already know everything about it. And then it puts you in a position of not being teachable, right? It's not an ill intent kind of arrogance but an arrogance nonetheless, an, an, inordinate, um, an inordinate belief in the totality of your information. And now I'm not saying I know everything, but what I'm saying about this is that 
the conversations and the writings and the history are readily accessible and it doesn't take long actually to counter and find out every statement that this guy made in the chat room about the First Amendment is wrong. I mean, it's not that hard to find. Now, what I don't understand is what this is where you get into the intent. This is always curious to me. Um, I, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze anybody, but it, but it's always it's always peculiar to me to understand why does a person make such an argument, right? You're arguing against the idea that you have an inherent right, you know, to speak. Like, what is the alternative? This is what I don't understand. How, how, do, how a person gets to the point, how, you know, a human being, one of our fellow human beings, actually forwarding an argument, uh, advocating an argument of more government control over your idea to think, to speak, to have an opinion. Just a bizarre, bizarre thing to me. I, I don't I don't understand where that comes from. I think that's counter to human nature. So personally, I f there's like something broken in that person from my point of view. When you can argue for slavery, when you can argue for you being controlled in freedom of action from an external force, there has to be something broken in a person's psyche. Right. It's, it's like it, it's almost like and maybe some of you guys are into this, but like, you know, what some people refer to as sexual deviancy. You know, you like to be tied up and beaten. And it's almost like the intellectual version of s and like, I want somebody to beat me and chain me up, you know, make me a prisoner. Like there's just something broken in a person's mind. I, and I think that can happen through the brainwashing of the public school, uh, you know, the, I mean, the, the colleges are an example. There's no, they're, they're sort of anti-ideas now. They're anti-freedom of thought and freedom of expression on so many colleges. And so they teach from, they teach with that kind of spirit. So you get this, you know, this is all or nothing. This is it. And this is what it is. And it's not based on, okay, here's, here's the text. Here's the history. Let's walk through this and let's see what's there and let it speak to us. It's from a position of authority, right? And attack. These people are stupid. Right-wingers are crazy. And, you know, these people that believe in God just want to control you and dominate you. Look at what they did in the Crusades, just killing people. And they, they actually hate everybody. So it, it's taught from this, this caricature building and position of authority and force, right? Education by force, by intimidation. And, and so there's no... And, and it's crazy. Then the people... Again, well-intentioned people go into that and then they come out thinking, oh, they've, they've blessed me with such an abundance of knowledge. And they never examine the source material or realize uh, what you said is not accurate. What you said is false. The First Amendment is actually about God-given, your God-given rights according to the people who wrote it. Now, if you want to, if you want to say, if you want to argue with Madison and Hamilton and, you know, all, if you want to argue with those guys or about those guys, and say they were wrong, but but remember the Constitution is a is is their product, right? They produced it, they created it. it. Came from these particular people meeting together, and these were their thoughts. And here's their conversations about. So the actual people who produced it said it's about God-given rights. So 
it's one thing to say, no, they are wrong, but to assert, no, it's historically, it's not about that. Uh, no, that's not true. That's not accurate. That's contrary to what they said. So it, very strange. So there's, there's no sort of question of, well, it says Congress shall make no law established. Okay, but why does it say that? Why does it say Congress is not allowed to do that? I just, it's, I don't know. I don't have, I don't really have an understanding, a full understanding of the psyche of that and, and how you come to those sort of positions. Um, it's, it's mind boggling. Because again, at the same time, they think they're erudite, they think they're educated, they think they're informed. But I mean, watch this. Watch how, watch how fast. Watch how fast this works. Just, just to give you an example, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go over here to the browser. Watch how fast this is. Founders Constitution. Boom. Bam. University of Chicago, of all places. Boom. Founders Constitution. Just that quick. And look at this. The Founders Constitution. You actually have, let's go, I'm going to click contents right here. Look at that. You literally have just that quick access to the writings of the drafters of the doc, these documents, right? More time, I mean, less time, less time than it took for a person to get the notification of the Chris Ann Hall show, open up, open up their app, go into the YouTube chat room, make this comment, argue with everybody in the chat room. It took less time for me to actually gain access to the literal words of the people who wrote the First Amendment. This, this is what I said about arrogant and lazy. Lazy. I mean, it's just that easy. It's just that easy. I mean, how long has it been since Al Gore invented the Internet? And this bro still has not figured out that Al Gore not only invented the Internet, Al Gore put stuff on it. I mean, literally, the the king, the god of the internet, Al Gore, went and put stuff on his invention, and you can actually find stuff out. It's mind-boggling. So, as I say, you have to go to college to get this stupid, where you can put this much effort I, I, hey, the Chris Ann Hall show's on. Wow, this is my favorite time to go into the chat room and say dumb stuff and talk about stuff I have no clue about. I think I'll do that today. Like, I'm going to go out. I'm actually going to sit in my backyard for a little bit and chill. I mean, I hung out with my son while he climbed a tree and, and carved FJB in the bark. I mean, like, I'm just going to chill and live life. But some people, some people's lives are so freaking pathetic. Like that's their thing. Oh, the Chris Ann Hall shows on. Uh, I didn't. I didn't have enough opportunity in Walmart to say such stupid things. And my friends, for some bizarre reason, always stop listening to me and walk away. I think I'll go on the Chris Ann Hall show in the chat room and write dumb stuff. <laughs> what did 
does your life have to be where that's what you do? Like that's your thing. I go on, I go on right wing talk shows that I hate and write stupid stuff about things I don't know about. Fist bump. <laughs> oh man. Well, that was like an hour long rant. I can't believe this. I have to make time to let you guys go watch Frank. But my goodness, did I say did I say anything? Did this help anybody? Did this help anybody? I hope so. I this is nothing. This is like a sign when JC's on. It's a lot like a Seinfeld episode. Sometimes it, it's like really about nothing necessarily that we can identify. I just wanted to hang out with you guys. I hung out with my boy today and I thought, you know what? I want to hang out with my friends of the Liberty First Brigade. And I thought, I bet there's at least one troll, maybe know nothing, could show up in his new disguise and say stupid stuff. That would be brilliant. That would be the best Friday, six to seven hour I could have this week. Thank you. Know nothing. And if it, even if he's not know nothing, he is no nothing. So thank you for making my evening and letting us talk about the true nature of constitutional research and the meaning of the First Amendment and how stupid leftists are. God bless you guys. See you next time. Every period in history that involves monumental change has always begun with one person taking a stand. When government is tyrannical, the people of God have a duty to not follow and not comply. And I just need to know who is willing to stand. can't be what you do. It has to be who you are.